In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Lightspeed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Nackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to, or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. On this episode of Notably Disney, I'm thrilled to have on board Maxwell Glick, who many of you may know as Mr. Cheesy Pop on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. And we're going to be talking about Mary Poppins Returns, in particular the songs and the score. And just a few notes uh, before we get started. One point in the episode, I make reference to the Broadway production and uh, wanted to make sure that we recognize that both of the Sherman Brothers' music is in the stage version of the musical, as well as additional music and lyrics by George Stiles and Anthony Drew. Um, there's a point in the conversation when I'm searching for the names of the individuals, but I don't quite know, so I wanted to make that very clear. And uh, this recording was also before the Oscars. Um, in which, as we know, the place where Lost Things Go was nominated in the Best Song category. So let's get straight to the interview. All right, so I am thrilled to have on, notably Disney, the very one and only Mr. Cheesy Pop, uh, Maxwell Gluck. Max, thank you so much for coming on board the podcast. Ah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I, as I was saying with uh, to Max before uh, we started recording, I've definitely enjoyed the YouTube channel for a very long time. And when I saw his review, your review of uh, Mary Poppins Returns, your enthusiasm and adoration of this movie was absolutely palpable. And I thought, who better to talk about the music of Mary Poppins Returns than you? So uh, glad you could join us today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, I was hoping uh, we could start by just for listeners who may not be familiar with your channel, um, if you could maybe just briefly introduce yourself and what your channel covers and your career background, too, because it's your it's definitely related to entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so my name is Maxwell Glick. Uh, a lot of people know me from my YouTube channel, Mr. Cheesy Pop, where mostly I 
talk about Disney. I take you to the parks. I show you tips, tricks, what to eat, and just kind of give you um, a general sense of my enjoyment of my happiest place on earth, uh, Disney. Uh, so it's a very family-friendly uh, YouTube channel. And uh, I just take you along for, for my ride. And uh, it's it's been a really special journey doing that. Um, and in addition to that, I, I'm an actor, voice actor. Uh, I've been uh, doing it for quite a long time. I've, I've been in L.A. for uh, 12 years and been on a bunch of, bunch of TV shows, commercials. Um, and a lot of people know me for uh, my role on the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which was uh, really popular show uh on youtube actually which uh, was pride and prejudice told vlog style and uh actually won an emmy and it was pretty cool to be part of something like that too so quite a quite a lot of different you you wear a lot of different hats which is very cool it's uh, (laughs) a lot of people are like how do you do that much in a day and i'm like i don't know but i love it (laughs) i i don't really uh ever stop but I like it that way. <laughs> well, it sounds like a sounds like a good life, and certainly we vicariously live through it um, as you walk around the parks and taste some of the food and enjoy the attractions and all that jazz. Yeah. So, uh, so we're here today to talk about uh, Mary Poppins Returns, and I was hoping uh, we could maybe start by talking about just familiarity and hopefully positivity toward the original film and the brand. So I I guess I'm kind of curious, Max, as to like, what was your original exposure to the original Mary Poppins and all of the different uh, elements associated with that property? Yeah. I mean, Mary Poppins was uh, just something I I watched a lot uh, as a kid. Um, It is, it's pretty much the perfect, (laughs) the perfect movie. Um, the perfect movie musical. I don't, you know, it, it kind of became the standard of th- that genre. Uh, and, you know, when you, you grow up with it and you, you've seen it so many times, you you grow to love something like that. I mean, it, it, it's just, and, and it kind of shapes you. <laughs> um, it, it was very exciting to see that they were going to do this again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love the original. Have you, by any chance, have you seen the stage production of the show? I never saw it, um, which is too bad. I just kind of missed it uh, in its time, but yeah, would love to. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it's definitely a departure from the film in a number right. of ways, um, but it has some of those core elements as well. Um, do you have a Do you have a favorite moment or? Um, scene or character from the original film? Oh, my favorite moment scene. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to think of my favorite as a as a kid. You know, uh. It's changed over the years, I feel like. You come to appreciate more things, like, you know, um, when as a kid you're like, it's, it was all supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and then you're like, ah, oh, but wow, Feed the Birds is just so powerful. Yeah, <laughs> so, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, yeah, we'll go with 
something like that. I think as a kid, it was you know just it, it, it was seen uh, probably it was probably supercalifragilistic. It was you know, uh, but I think it has changed over time too. It's funny you say that about Feed the Birds because I actually have the same exact sentiment. I, I did not grow to appreciate that until I was an adult. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So could you maybe, before we dive into the music of Mary Poppins Returns, um, could you maybe just share a few brief thoughts you have on Mary Poppins Returns as a film? And I know you covered some of this um, in your uh, YouTube video, but I, I loved how you said that your favorite line was everything is possible, even the impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked about the sequel being on par with the original, but could you talk about just some thoughts you have on the movie? Well, you know, when you set out to make a, a sequel to, you know, one of the greatest movies ever, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little scary. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I said, you know, in my video about it, I, I, you know, that line, everything is possible, even the impossible, it kind of describes the making of this movie because it's pretty much impossible to make a movie that could be on par with Mary Poppins. And, and I, like, I, I, I was like, how are they going to do this? I don't know. But is this really possible? Um, but I, think they did uh you know i i can't say that it was better than mary poppins but what is you know um but i think that what they did was was so impressive and and one of the most impressive aspects in in my mind was was the music and and uh not only in terms of the songs but the score and we're gonna talk about uh both of those today so maybe if we can kind of go through um, each of the songs and, and share our thoughts on them um, first. So the movie opens with the song um, Underneath the Lovely London Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts on that opening number when we are kind of transported back to London? Right, I thought it was the perfect way to open the movie and it you know, parallels Mary Poppins too and, and your... You're kind of taken right into that, uh, that, I don't know, I felt like, it, it, it's like this, it just looked, looked exactly how you imagine London, you know, like, for a person that's never been there, that, that's what, you know, you think, oh yeah, that's, that's London, um, and it, you know, it had that overcast, that, that gritty, real, it was real, real London. And it kind of gives you that uh, beautiful contrast between the 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 reality of, of like London there, and then you know what's to come with all of the magic. <laughs> well, and it was really interesting too, because even though it is set in England, I felt like there was almost like a like a French romantic flair to the song, in terms of um, some of the instrumentation and. There was also some really cool jazz elements as well. You're right. Yeah. Never, yeah, you're right. That's really true. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And Lynn does a great job with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it kind of reminded me of with the original film and um, our introduction via, via Bert. And yeah. in, in essence, that's what Jack represents in this film. Oh, completely. You know, it's so cool that really just followed the exact same... You know, the format of both movies is the same. 
think and there's gonna probably gonna be an opportunity where we can oh, okay. uh, compare a lot of the different um songs between oh. uh returns and the original because yeah. um it is almost like a template model for model like it's yeah. pretty precise and the next song in the film kind of following a chronological order is entitled a conversation uh mm-hmm. and it follows michael banks um and the music that music box um, that he reflects on which um as he reflects on his late wife um any thoughts on on ben wishaw and and this particular short piece well i thought it was just so sweet and tender and um you know that was some real real emotion um and i think that that is so important to have that in this movie because of how fantastical, you know, so much of it is, um, to be grounded in that reality. They're like, woof, he lost his wife and he's got these kids and it's just real emotion. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I thought so too. It's one of those that, unlike a lot of the other, other songs in the movie that have such a catchy feeling that you just, they're earworms. You can't get them stuck out of your head. This is more of just a, a different tone and a, a also just a different vibe in terms of it's striking that as you described a very tender sweet side yeah yeah and you need it in in this and and then immediately following that or not immediately but we we have the entrance of emily blunt as mary poppins and the first major number that we see her in is can you picture that what, what was your impression of this picture <laughs> Well, I mean, for me, I think it's just quintessential Mary Poppins right away. Uh, I thought from the moment she appeared, it was, she just kind of takes command and everything that Emily Blunt did, her walk, her, her, her gestures, her movements, her just quips, it was just, yeah, and that first song, I mean, you, you, (laughs) you know, it's immediate just Mary Poppins, straight into the, straight into the bathtub we go. I mean, this <laughs> is great. I, I have to say, I was pretty surprised when, when the dolphin jumped out of the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's when my, that that is when my uh, almost permanent grin from the whole movie started, you know? <laughs> and it, it was funny because I was when I was watching the film and and listening to the song, it actually made me think of one that's just in the Broadway musical, and I think it's called Practically Perfect. And it's mm-hmm. uh, kind of the essence is just describing you know Mary Poppins' essential characteristics, and it has the rhythm of it um, is actually kind of similar at times. It's like practically perfect in every way and then i was thinking oh can you picture that it had a similar like catchy flair to it that's cool did he, uh did who wrote the broadway show i am going to uh double check that and i'll insert that back into the podcast because i yeah, do okay. not want to make any mistakes on that front i know the sherman brothers were involved in that but i also know mm-hmm. um in terms of the development of the broadway musical um cameron mcintosh um had a okay. a significant role in it so cool, um, okay, cool. And, and that's why the broadway show has kind of a, a different flair and a different tone but 
Um, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to make that brief note to listeners cool. and see if they also see any parallels between those two songs. But yeah, can you picture that was very imaginative and playful? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As it should be. You know, you want your first song featuring Mary Bobbins to be that way. And another song that's kind of maybe in that same vein is the Royal Dalton Music Hall. Um, when they go uh, inside the the ceramic bowl, what what were your thoughts of of that sequence and and that particular song? Well, this is when I you know felt like I'm watching a Mary Poppins movie. Um, the the blend of you know when they, when they go into the bowl and and I just loved the animation. So, you know, like seeing the cracks in the bowl and the blend of of the 2D animation, uh, it's just, I was like, this is, yes, this is what I signed up for. <laughs> it's just, I mean, uh, it's just, it's just full of joy, you know? And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I love about Mary Poppins. Like, yeah. And the lyrics for, for this song and so many others Ooh. felt so Sherman-esque that, like one would be hard pressed to realize this was this was not um, the Sherman Brothers, but rather the duo of um, Mark Shaman and I want to say Scott Scott Whitman. Um, yeah, yeah, Scott Whitman. But did you feel like that it was like almost like the Sherman Brothers composed uh, created the music for this? Uh, oh, com- completely. You know, if you told me that the Sherman Brothers wrote this, I would be like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, of course they did. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a miracle uh, that, that that you know they were able to to do this. I, I mean, make a Sherman Brothers sounding musical like they did. They really did. When, when you do, I, I wrote down a few lyrics that maybe capture the f- essence of this song. In this dilly dynamical, simply ceramical royal. Dalton Bowl, there's a cuddly and curious, furry and furious animal watering hole. That's like, I mean, th- that could be more playful. Like, I, <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do that. You know, <laughs> how do you do it? Right? I mean, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's so. Just uh, too good, and there—I think there's so many moments like that in the movie. It's—it's it's not limited to to one particular scene. And a, a direct extension of the Royal Dalton uh, Music Hall song is a cover is not the book, oh, um, yes. where they're actually uh, on the stage and uh, mm-hmm. performing in front of all the animated animals. Uh, what were your impressions when you first saw this? Well, there's your classic, you know. There is, there's your classic Mary Poppins right there. Uh, I think, I think this is my favorite uh, of the of, of the movie. So, and then when they mixed in that the the, the rap <laughs> that Lynn gets to do, um, you know, it's just like it gave us a little piece of oh, very current. But it's also, you know, they were rapping in the original Mary Poppins too. <laughs> So it works too, which is so cool. Um, I, yeah, 
that's when I that that's when my my mouth was like uh my jaws wide open, because <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh you guys really did this. <laughs> and then I think if if you were doing that I think Mary Poppins would say the whole the whole line with Michael and your your yeah. mouth it's not caught fish right. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's me the entire movie. <laughs> And and like the lyrics for for this were also very playful, but it was interesting too that like it was there was some PG level humor in this. Like there were some double entendres, like with birthday suit. <laughs> like I'm not sure if I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could sneak in some stuff like that, right? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you are right. <laughs> and then you know Emily Blunt has I'm not sure, but what you're thinking is but like her approach on mary poppins and especially in this song there was almost like more of a sardonic touch to it like like yeah. she's really really sarcastic at times very um i didn't mind it you know i i i thought it works you know mary poppins is not it it just works with her right i mean did you feel that, that way that it worked oh absolutely yeah absolutely. yeah like she took to took the Julie Andrews portrayal just like one step a little bit further, but she also made it her own, right? Oh, completely. And, um, I, I, you know, I don't know about how it compares with like the, the books, but I've heard that it's very, it is kind of like that. Did you hear anything about that? Like with the book? Yeah. Well, and I think, my understanding is with Mary Poppins Returns is that it kind of compiles elements of some of the sequels, um, uh -huh. some more of a compilation. But yeah, I've I've also heard that too because mm -hmm. I think that's how P.L. Travers portrayed her is that she really definitely had uh, a bit of an edge and and wit to her besides right. being this, you know, perfect nanny. Sure, sure. Oh yeah, well completely. But she has a sensitive side, and we, we definitely see that in, in many instances. And uh, see, I'm just trying to create segues here. And, and where we really see that is with the place where the lost things go, which, mm. uh, and we're recording uh, before the Academy Awards, but uh, that is the song that is nominated um, for an Oscar. And it's uh, it comes at a very, uh, another tender moment in the film with uh, Mary Poppins singing to the children. Um, what were your thoughts of this piece? Well, I thought that, again, when you can have um, that juxtaposition of all our fantastical elements, because that's all she'd been doing really up till then, you know, and then you're coming back to this real moment, uh, um, a real teaching moment. It's so poignant uh, to have things like that, you know? Um, so it's just, you know, I, 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 I cry, I cry. <laughs> no judgment, no judgment at all, oh, Max. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I often say with these kinds of movies, I don't understand people that don't cry at these kinds of movies. <laughs> I just yeah. don't get you. <laughs> my, I, I had such a big grin on my face too. And like when someone asked me what, what like in one word how would you describe the film and and the word i i said was delightful but i also think of of moments like this which you know it's 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 a sad piece um with lyrics like do you ever dream or reminisce wondering where to find what you truly miss 
Maybe all the things that you love so are waiting in the place where the lost things go. Oh, yeah. That is just it's it's just pure loveliness in the lyrics and also her presentation of that. Oh, yeah. It's just beautiful. It really is. <laughs> and you know, there's several moments in the in the film that are like that, but kind of like you're just saying that Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins returns, there's a lot of juxtapositions with the songs. And then mm-hmm. the next song in the film is Turning Turtle with Meryl Streep. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I, I want to hear yours first. I mean, so, you know, and this is another spot in, in Mary Poppins returns where they're using, uh, where it follows the same pattern. Um, as Mary Poppins, so this is the uh, uh, what's the name of the song? Um, gosh, I love to laugh, yeah, exactly. So, this is I love to laugh, and um, uh, so this, I mean, I guess if there was one part where I was like, all right, it was this part, uh, I don't know messes with the flow a little bit but it's still enjoyed it i wasn't like oh love that i think it was the one part where i was like all right we didn't totally need it i don't know interestingly with with the broadway production of the original mary poppins i love to laugh and the whole uncle albert character isn't directly part of that um, because it was kind of like a a change in direction of um and how the narrative was going in yeah i kind of felt the same with this too but i yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it just was like, oh, that happened. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the movie now. <laughs> it's like a detour. Like, they went down that street, literally, and it was a detour, and, and so was the song. But yeah, um, but the, the lyrics for this were so kind of crazy and opposite throughout kind of to reinforce the narrative of that everything's upside down and topsy-turvy right but it's just it was i think as a set piece it was very creative and oh. and visually interesting yeah. yes of course well i think everything was stunning to look at in this movie um it just was like okay <laughs> And then, and then you, now. let's let's keep it going, right? And then, and with Streep's character, it was I'm not I, I kind of got the impression that it was almost like a, like an Eastern European accent with like a vaudevillian touch to it. Um, it was a very interesting uh, presentation of a character. I think they were just like, "Hey, Meryl Streep, just you know, do you do do your thing? What do you feel like doing?" <laughs> And Jesus, she was like this. Okay, you're Meryl Streep, so yeah. <laughs> well, and we, and we know she has experience with musicals, with Mamma oh, Mia yeah. and Into the Woods. I'll um, say. And her singing, her, her singing voice has definitely um, been enhanced over the years. But it was it was so topsy turvy in the song that. Well, then um, maybe it worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, I, I thought it was quite an interesting piece. I, I really enjoyed it, but I also agree with you. It felt like a change in direction for the film that perhaps wasn't the most necessary. Yeah, didn't need it. But again, I think, you know, they're just following along with the pattern of the previous one. And 
We're trying to figure out probably how to get this this other character in there somehow. Um, yeah. So, so then I guess moving forward to Triple Little Light Fantastic, mm-hmm. um, this was this was arguably one of the longest numbers in the film, if not the longest number. Yeah. Um, and it has the reprise as well um, by Dick Van Dyke, um, is uh, Mr. Dawes' character. But what were your thoughts of this? Oh wow! I you know, this was like your old old fashioned like major Broadway production number with the choreography um, then with some modern elements with with the bikes in, <laughs> in there uh, I thought it was so cool I really loved it I, I, I just again I'm, I, I, I love old-fashioned movie musicals and you know this this is something that I felt you know really takes you right back to that so I was a fan and yeah, and Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda. You, he, he, I don't know. His performance was so joyful, and you, you, ah, he exuded joy. <laughs> Just... My my note in regards to this song and, and Lin Manuel was that this was like a perfect fit for him, particularly at at this particular um, oh, point yeah. in time. Oh yeah, yeah. You could tell he he, lo- he loved doing this. I, yeah, I really, I, I know some people took umbrage with, like, was he really the right person for this role? But I think absolutely he exudes yeah. um, just brilliance in so much, so many ways. I, 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 I was surprised, honestly, that people had any problem with him. I, I, in, but I guess people will find a problem with anything, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, and as a, as a parallel, so many people had took you know had issues with Dick Van Dyke as Bert right. in the original. So, um, an, uh, kind of another parallel there. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, did you get a sense with? Um, uh, and I'm not sure. Have you ever seen uh, Newsies? Yes. Did you get the sense watching some of the choreography in this mm-hmm. scene that it kind of reminded you of Newsies? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Newsies is and Newsies is great. We love Newsies, <laughs> which of course was a flop when it came out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and I was having a conversation with um, someone about how yeah, it's been it, that film has just kind of and that property has changed over time so much and yeah um but yeah the the choreography of this felt very reminiscent of that um totally. particularly the, the broadway show the broadway version of it yes um, i did see that on broadway oh awesome cool that was so great oh so good. so good well and then like seeing triple little light fantastic i was thinking of just the amazing set piece this represented and how they could translate that to the broadway stage would be amazing oh yeah I wonder if it'll ever, hmm, right? I don't know. Would they Max, ever take Mary Poppins Returns to Broadway? Hmm. Max, we have to leave the campaign on that potentially. <laughs> yeah, right? Assuming we, assuming we want that, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> but um, a, a couple of other songs um, conclude the film. We have a reprise of The Place Where the Lost Things Go, um, Triple O Light Fantastic, a reprise with with Dick Van Dyke, thoughts on that? I mean, 
how could you not tear up watching him? Right, I, I mean, eh, it's just so special. So special. Really, I, I, I mean, it, it just was. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's one of the like, most sprightly person in his 90s that one could ever ever think of. And, and you know, he just oh. gives it his all. I hope I'm dancing like that in my 90s, too. So, Totally, totally. <laughs> um, and the, the last main new song that we hadn't heard uh, before in the film is Nowhere to Go But Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we get a little taste of the balloon lady with Angela Lansbury. And this is also the final real scene of the film. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on Nowhere to Go But Up. Well, isn't that the truth? I mean, right? Uh, yeah. It's a perfect, I mean, again, I, I thought this movie was so perfect from start to finish. And to wrap it up like this, uh, it, it just, I mean, the whole thing just made sense to me. And it, I loved when, especially love when, when, uh, she hands the balloon to uh, Colin Firth's character, and he, nope, he doesn't go up. So, and then she says, well, "Nowhere to go but up." So, <laughs> I mean, but it is really true, and it was beautiful to see them all just flying above, above the clouds with these balloons and this childlike wonderment on on all of all of the cast. It was beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like how you use the the words childlike wonderment because I think that also just epitomizes the film as well. Just looking mm-hmm. at it more more holistically too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we should all yes. Uh, there is a line that that uh, was said that I forget the exact wording, but it was the adults will forget this by tomorrow, something like that. Do you remember the exact line? Yes, yeah, something. Yeah, something in that vein. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it and it and it's it just that so rings true. Um, well, another core component to Mary Poppins re- returns, um, in addition to the songs, is the original score that we get from Mark Shaman. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on on the score as a whole, and then if there are particular tracks or elements of it that you really enjoyed, or or if something did it. Yeah necessarily resonate at all i love the score i thought it was perfect i loved the throwbacks to the original score um, and original songs uh, uh, from mary poppins that were in this score which you know you, you could hear throughout um the entire movie which which i thought was so lovely so lovely there are a number of, of them. Yeah, I, I heard at least, you know, um, Spinful of Sugar. And well, I think that comes in when when Emily Blunt's uh, portrayal comes on screen, too. But right. yeah, there were a lot of those cues, which w- were nice. Yeah, you had the uh, you had da, 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 da. that was right at the end there, too. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. That, right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say. I, I think it's, uh, I can't think of the ex- exact title of the song. It's the Fiduciary yep. Bank song. Or that cute, fiduciary yep. Bank. Yeah, that Thank you. See, yeah. see, that's why I'm glad to have you on, because you, you know the exact <laughs> phrasing of, of that very niche song from the original. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, that entered, too. 
Well, and it was interesting with with Mark Shaman because he actually, um, he, well, for those of you who are listening, um, know him for his wonderful work for Hairspray. It's kind of his claim to fame. Um, but he's also um, conducted some previous work for Disney, including, of all properties, George of the Jungle, the 1997 film, Whoa. and and also uh, Disney's The Kid um, from back in 2000. That was with Bruce Willis. And both of those scores have a very playful and jazzy feel to it. And I, I kind of saw that, too, with, with Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the per. He was the perfect person to do this, this score, for sure. Is there any doubt? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think, I'm not sure if you heard this too, Max, that that I guess he had, he and um, Scott Wintman, the co-lyricist, they received a, a note from um, Richard Sherman of how, how pleased he was with uh, the end product. So, what it's a... Gotta make you feel good. <laughs> yeah. What a testament. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I would feel very happy if I got that note. <laughs> yeah, I think they were under so much pressure, right? I mean, could you imagine the pressure of having to make another Mary Poppins? Woo! Yeah, well, that's that's I, I a big I undertaking. Yeah, I, I would not want that pressure. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and thankfully they they really delivered. So let's maybe if we can briefly compare the music of. Mary Poppins returns to the original. Were there, were there particular songs? And I know we made a, brief, a few brief references, but were there songs from this new film that recalled the original that perhaps were better? And I know we have to consider that these are indeed different films in in different ways, but there are also some similar threads in terms of the narrative and the songs and things like that. So if you were to make any comparisons. Um, does anything stand out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it did follow along with uh, uh, the, you know, it followed almost, ex I'm not going to say exactly, right? But it, it, it really followed um, the original, right? Uh, so let's see. Let's see. So we've got, uh, can you imagine that would be, like a spoonful of sugar. Yep, yep. Um, I have that jotted down too. <laughs> and uh, cover is not the book. is is like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Absolutely. Uh, and I'd say Jolly Holiday to a certain degree too. Yeah, that's true. Triple Little Light Fantastic is like Step in Time. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and then the end um, is. You know, the, like, well, just as they put in the, the let's go fly a kite in the instrumental, I mean, the end is is nowhere to go but up is, is that, too. So the structure is the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's interesting because, you know, some, some sequels are criticized for following the template of the original too closely and not necessarily establishing its own identity. But um, here we have a situation where there are a lot of parallels, but... It's not just a, a sequel, it's it's a musical sequel. So the songs have some of those similarities in the structure and the you know, the the wordplay and things like that. Oh yeah. And I, and it to to me it, it, uh I thought it was a beautiful tribute, you know, um to the to the original by doing yeah. this. 
it's kind of like that they they can be kind of intertwined in in all the best ways but also stand on their own for the distinct qualities yep yep and then and and then you have saving mr banks which is kind of like a a a different perspective on on all of this right (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'll say (laughs) i wonder what i wonder what peel travers and waltz would think of this movie (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like in another universe we could we could see like the like maybe 30 years down the line we see a saving mr banks like film made about the production or development of mary poppins returns <laughs> i'm all for it <laughs> i'm sure it was interesting <laughs> right uh, yeah no kidding like i'm not sure to what extent people were asking for a sequel for especially for such a beloved movie but my gosh it, i think we're both in alignment it really really delivered in all in so many ways oh yeah oh completely yeah yeah well let's um kind of shift gears a little bit because we've covered the songs and the score of mary poppins returns and certainly i think we can hopefully expect some exciting things on the horizons as it pertains to seeing how the movie kind of pervades into pop culture like we're already seeing like different renditions and things on on youtube but certainly there will probably be other interesting um, illustrations and representations of Mary Poppins in the future. But speaking mm-hmm. of the future, and you all, and we're going to conclude with a few uh, remarks and uh, a set of questions. But I have a, a question for you about you always have a lot of interesting things going on as it pertains to your adventures and experiences in the parks and so many other avenues. What are your future um, Disney-related trips or experiences or projects? And yeah, so what's on the horizon for you, Max? Yeah, uh, we've got, let's see. Well, I will definitely be back in Disney World for Flower and Garden Festival. That is uh, in March, April, May. So I'll be there for something at some point. Um, And then... uh, the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival actually starts March uh, 1st, I believe. That's here. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be covering that here. And uh, the, the shortly after that, I'll, I'll head on out to Epcot uh, at some point and uh, hit up that festival. Because I've never made a video about Flower and Garden Festival. So that, that'll, be, that'll be new, which is nice. Awesome. Um, and then the next big event will obviously be Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We don't have a date for that, so my, I'm, I'm kind of in a holding pattern. I'm like, I know I'm going to have to be here <laughs> at some point around June. <laughs> and so, yeah, waiting for that. And then um, beyond that, I would, you know, like I did this big Christmas music video at the end of last year, which was a lot of fun. Um, would love to do something like that again. It's just uh, the, the, the time and the resources it takes is a lot different than just making my normal videos. So we'll see if something like that comes up again. But in the meantime, uh, very busy also. I'm, I've got a couple of audiobooks I'm recording uh, in February. So that's some good stuff coming up in the acting front. Uh, so yeah, I'm busy. I never stop. <laughs> Well, if I can, if I can make a suggestion, it would be very cool to see a music video of you dancing around Star Wars Galaxy Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean I have to write a whole song about Star Wars too now? <laughs> hey, it's a challenge, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be... and an opportunity. 
<laughs> that would be quite a challenge, but a lot of fun probably too. <laughs> well, that's great. Now we're definitely excited to see what uh, what what pops up on your YouTube channel and and your other forms of social media as well. And okay. um, and I'll uh, we'll have a couple of minutes at the end for you to share that information. But I want to conclude with some Disney related questions that I ask all of my guests. And the segment we call it "Ask Them My Questions and Get Some Answers." <laughs> and so as this is a music and book or music and writing related podcast all about Disney, you'll have three standard music related questions, two standard book related questions, and one random Disney question. And there's no right answers. It's all personal opinion. So Max, are you ready? Ready. All righty. So the first music related question is what Disney soundtrack did you listen to most while growing up? Mmm, soundtrack. Oh boy. Um, I guess this could be like a tie between like Mary Poppins and uh, The Lion King. So yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I think that's very apropos given the episode too. So. <laughs> what Disney song most recently got stuck in your head? You'll be in my heart. <laughs> Tarzan. <laughs> Oh, that's such a good one. So how did how, how did it get stuck in your head? Did you hear it recently? Yeah, Something? well, I was at the Disneyland Sweethearts Night, and they were playing lots of Disney uh, love songs, and that was the one I woke up with after that. <laughs> so, I, I think that's a pretty sweet one to get stuck in yeah. your head. Um, now, if it was if it was super califragic. <laughs> super califragilistic yeah. expialidocious that'd be um very exhausting <laughs> yes it would be <laughs> and then the third music related question is what disney film do you feel has the most underrated music mm, that's a challenging question oh gosh um gonna, the, I, mean, I don't know the one that's coming to my head is hunchback um yeah, I'm just going to say Hunchback. Well, I think you and I share the same brain because that would always be my answer. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I don't, and I guess it's because the movie just was not, it, I mean, maybe the movie wasn't the best movie, but, but that music is, uh, that's some beautiful, that's, I, I mean, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music. I, I think, uh, you know, between uh, Out There, Out There is, that's one of the best songs. I, I, I yeah, I, I think that's the one. Hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll take it. Shifting over to books, what what was the most recent Disney book or Disney related book you've read? Uh, I think. Hmm. What was? Um, it was probably. Oh, it was. Um. It was uh, Dave Bossert's book, uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, uh, The Search for the Lost Disney Cartoons. Oh, interesting. What were your thoughts of it? Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, um, Dave Bossert was able to like recover all these old Oswald um, cartoons, and Oswald is obviously so important because if there was no Oswald, I don't, well, n none of this is happening since he predates mickey which is you know it's like hard to believe <laughs> but yeah yeah i thought it was fascinating yeah 
It, it all started with a rabbit, not a mouse. It, it did, it did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we can't forget that. <laughs> no, no. Um, if you could write a Disney book on any topic, what would it be about? It would be about the food. The many foods of the Disney parks. I think there probably could be a whole chapter around the, the food that is shaped like Mickey Mouse. Because exactly. I've noticed that being a major trend and also a major trend in, in your videos as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got, a, I think I have two videos already in the can that I haven't put out yet that are, that are Mickey Mouse shaped foods. <laughs> so it's endless. <laughs> awesome. And then the final uh, of these questions, and this is a random one, so this one I ask, so it's different for every episode. Given that you are a major parks connoisseur, I want to know what is your favorite smell or scent from the Disney theme parks? <laughs> I think it is the classic churro, classic churro smell. When you walk past the churro cart, whoo, yes. No wonder why they sell so many of those. Awesome. Yeah, no, that, that's very appetizing indeed. All righty, Max. So, well, uh, let's make sure that listeners know how to get in touch with you. So if you could share some of your social media details and how they can check out your content. Yeah, uh, my YouTube channel, uh, you can check it out at Mr. Cheesy Pop, M-R-C-H-E-E-Z-Y-P-O-P. -E -E uh, the same on Instagram and on Twitter. I am at... Maxwell Glick, uh, Facebook at Mr. Cheesy Pop. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on Notably Disney Max. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to look out for great content from you. So thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yep. I could talk Mary Poppins returns all day. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess I could too. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Thanks. And thanks again to Maxwell Glick for joining me on the show. It was really such a thrill to have him uh, converse with me about Mary Poppins Returns and really appreciate his time. So definitely encourage all of you to check out all of his wonderful uh, content on YouTube and his other platforms that he mentioned. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at Reports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N reports, and be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to NotablyDisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well as suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. <laughs>